Welcome to Married by Design. Why is it so hard to change and why do people fail to change in their lives? That's what we'll be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Well, thanks for joining us this week on our podcast, Married by Design. We are in the middle of a series entitled Handling Life's Issues. We're looking at the biblical basis of real change, and we're going to get very practical in different areas that people struggle in. So we're looking at uh, lately the idea of change in a person's life. How is it that God can enable you to change? Uh, And what are the tools that he has given to us? And this week, we're going to look at some of the reasons why people fail to change. You may look at your own life and look at areas that you struggled in for a long time. You may come to a place of believing that you can never change. And so what we're going to look at this week is the idea of why it is that people fail to change biblically. Well, the first thing I would suggest is that um, they can't change in their heart. Uh, We talked about this some weeks ago. Uh, It is so important for a person to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. When a person uh, turns to Christ from their sin, Uh, they go from a place of being dead in their sins and they have new life in Christ and the ability to really change and all the resources that are available. The problem some people have is that because they don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ, they can't change. Now, again, that doesn't mean that anybody in the world uh, can't change. A lot of people can change things in their life, uh, at least temporarily. But what we're talking about is a heart change, a long-term biblical change. And uh, that's what God wants to do in us. Uh, God wants to change our heart to give us a new heart, take away the heart of stone, give us a heart of flesh. And with that comes the process of change. We talked about sanctification as part of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, what's another reason, Jan? Um, I think another reason people can't change is that they don't want to, not really. Um, a lot of times people just want to get past the crisis. We've seen that a lot in counseling. Yeah. People come in and they're in crisis mode. And as soon as they get a few things um, under control in their relationship, they're gone because yeah. they don't want to change. They just want to not be in a crisis anymore. And that, that what ends up happening is then they come back in or they'll contact us again and again every time a crisis comes up. Um, and so, yeah, that's not real biblical change long term. It's just uh, kind of a quick fix. Yeah, the purpose of biblical counseling is permanent change, actual transformation of character, um, not just getting past the crisis you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people just want someone to listen to them. They don't. They don't want change. They just want someone to listen to them, commiserate with them. You know, misery loves company and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, It just makes them feel better to talk to somebody. They don't really want to change so that the situation will change. Um, Sometimes they just need a weekly emotional pump, so they they want to come in Mm. and hear all the encouraging words from Scripture and how much God loves them and has all the resources He's put at their disposal, but um, they don't really want to act on that. Yeah, and that's uh, that kind of 
reminds me of the fact that a lot of the counseling that we do is not years and years and years. Sometimes counseling can be that because it is that emotional support long term. Uh, I think real biblical counseling, at least, is the idea that um, you're training people, teaching them how to change so that they don't need to come back. They don't need that support. They don't need to pump up. Um, and this, uh, the, all these ideas are basically, it's, it's like we talked about last week, it's that self-focus rather than being focused on the Lord and on others. Mm-hmm. Um, they truly believe in looking out for number one first, um, mm. kind of a product of our society, um, that, that big deception of Satan that if they don't look out for themselves, nobody's going to. And that is mm. a complete lie because we are children of God. And he looks out for us, um, but they they don't want to change because they believe if they change, they're letting people walk over them, and they'll just be miserable. Mm-hmm. Not looking at the fact that they're generally miserable already, and God wants to change them as well as their situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they miss the total idea and uh, Luke nine and and each of the gospels really that. Jesus talks about taking up your cross daily, and whoever will lose their life for the for Christ's sake is really gaining mm-hmm. life. Um, they just don't can't comprehend that. Don't want to comprehend that. It's too threatening to them. And that the Philippians two passage, um, Christ's example of humility and how we need to put others first. It's mm-hmm. just something they will not acknowledge, and they don't want to change. That's good. That's good. Yeah, another reason why people uh, may come in for counseling or look at their own life and not really have changed is that they're not really ready to because of too many distractions and misplaced priorities in their life so that change is really a low priority. Uh, Again, they may come in for a period of time, but to really work on the process of change, of changing their thinking, changing their habits, Changing the thought patterns, it it takes time and energy. And some people just don't want to make it a high priority. They don't want to do their homework. We'll talk about homework more and more, the idea about uh, giving people some assignments or tasks or things that they need to practice each week. And and if it's not a a priority in your life, uh, if it's not something that's that important for you to work on, then you're not going to change. Uh, it's just like when you go to the doctor. If the doctor says you need to go to therapy and work hard in therapy uh, to get your strength back, and you either hit and miss the therapy, or when you go, you don't pull it in a full effort and really work at it, you're not going to get stronger. You're not going to change. And so um, that's, I think, what happens sometimes in people's life. And again, it kind of gets back to the idea of it's a low priority because they don't know the calling that God has on their life, the calling to live a life uh, Paul talks about in Ephesians 4.1 that's worthy of the gospel. So if we've had that conversion experience of come to Christ, like we said initially, uh, then there's a calling on a person's life to uh, be involved in change and, and possibly counseling, not for the sake of just feeling better about yourself or getting past the crisis, but because you want to live your life and walk in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians 4.1, I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And so that should make it a high priority in our life. If our life is not about ourselves, but we know that we have a calling in our life, we've been saved for a purpose. There's 
purposes that God has created you in relationship with your wife or your husband, with your kids, with other people. If you see that calling, then the challenge is to walk in a manner worthy of that calling. And that's what biblical counseling really can do is to help people to move past the distractions and the excuses and low priority and to be able to walk in a manner worthy. And when you you know that calling and you know what you could be doing and what ministry you could be involved in and what kind of marriage you could have and what kind of family you have as far as God's calling in your life, then that's when you come to the place of saying, you know what, this is no longer down on the priority. This is an important priority. I'm really devoting myself to to change and doing the things that God wants me to do. So, Another reason um, people don't change is some sometimes they have the wrong goals mm-hmm. um, sometimes people just want life to be more comfortable they want to be out of their situation they they don't want there to be conflict in their life they want relationships to be easy um, sometimes they just want uh, someone on their side uh, who will agree with them and agree that the other person is wrong they want to feel justified um, and be, you know, made to feel better about themselves without having to change. Um, and sometimes people are just lazy. Change is hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes discipline and prayer and uh, obedience to break patterns and habits in our life. And um, if that's if it's not your goal to accomplish that for God's glory. Um, you're going to have a very hard time with change. Um, it wrapped up in the idea of wrong goals. Um, sometimes they just want to exalt themselves. It's a pride thing. They don't want to humble themselves. And in James 4, 6, it says God is opposed to the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. And if you go into, um, if someone comes into biblical counseling, um, focused on themselves and exalting themselves, mm-hmm. they're working against God because God is opposed to that. He is going to give grace to those who humble themselves before Him. Um, so that's a, a big reason why why biblical counseling sometimes people don't change is they're focused on the wrong goals. Uh, the wrong purposes. And uh, they'll always be dissatisfied no matter where because... They're not going to be able to accomplish what they want, what God wants them to accomplish. Um, Which kind of leads me to the next one is that they use the wrong methods. Um, We are inundated in our culture on podcasts and everywhere with all kinds of methods and means to accomplish whatever you want. And you really have to be careful. Uh, I think sometimes people don't change biblically because they have adopted a mindset or methods that are not not only not biblical, but sometimes against Scripture. Um, And so they've adopted it, and they've got locked into the brain that this is the way they need to handle this and and do this. And uh, as a result, they don't change. They just keep doing the same thing. I remember some years ago, I don't know if they still practice it, but they talk about anger management and how you're supposed to uh, yell into a pillow and things like that to express your anger. Well, that's contrary to Scripture. We're never called to vent our anger but we're called to control our anger and so if somebody wants to overcome their anger and they're doing man's way which is 
venting their anger, they're never going to accomplish that. They need to come back to the idea of God's ways and not man's ways. They're using the wrong method. I always think about Rehoboam in 1 Kings chapter 12. Here's here's a younger man who is just starting to uh, lead as king of Israel, and he has to decide how he's going to treat the people of the nation of Israel and Judah. And he has the older, older, wiser men that say, you know what, you need to be a, a good ruler, a kind ruler, lead them well, and they will always follow you. And, and then Rehoboam went to the younger men and he asked them, how should I lead these people? And, and they said, you need to be harder on them. You need to, to beat them and push them. And uh, so Rehoboam had a choice to make. Is he going to listen to the wiser older men or the foolish younger men? And if you read that in 1 Kings chapter 12, he listens to the younger foolish men, his friends, and it goes bad. The, the kingdom's divided. It does not end well. He had a, a pivotal point in which he had to decide, who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to the wise or the foolish? And it's the same thing in Proverbs where Solomon is encouraging his son not to listen to the fools, but listen to the wise, wise people. People don't change because they have adopted methods that are foolish methods that are counter to what God wants, and they end up hitting their head against the wall. The challenge uh, sometimes in counseling, and I will challenge you, if you look at an area of your life and you look at the methods that you've used, the, the things that you've been trying to do to change, ask yourself, do those things line up with Scripture? Can I find verses that relate to those, that support those, Or is it contrary to Scripture? It is against Scripture. Have I been listening to podcasts and all these other things that talk about how to fix your marriage that aren't really God's ways? And if you find that you've been following the foolish young man, that's where you have to step back and say, ah, well, now I know why uh, I haven't been changing. Because God's ways are perfect. We're going to talk about that more next week um, in, in the podcast. Man's ways versus God's ways and God's wisdom and God's what he wants to impart to us that puts us on the freeway to change. If we just turn away from the even our own thoughts and put those aside and just listen to God's ways and God's methods and God's calling in our life, then we can really begin to change and become all that God wants us to be. Another reason that, that people um, can't change is that they don't believe they can um, mm. Some people are so caught in a rut that they can't see a way out, and they just feel like giving up. They feel like there's nothing they can do to to change anything. Mm. Um, and this is, I mean, one of those things that can lead to depression in that um, they just really don't believe there's any way that, that their situation can change or that they can change. Um, and this is really a lack of faith. Um, just like in Matthew 17, um, Jesus' disciples were unable to cast out a demon out of this boy, and the, the boy's father brought him to Jesus, and Jesus cast it out, and the disciples said, well, why, why were we not able to do that? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, because you lack faith. And he said, if you have faith even the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be moved from here to there, and it will be so. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet some people don't think of that. They don't really believe in the power of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Um, And just like Jesus said, it only takes a tiny bit of faith. Or Mm -hmm. I really like to go back to the verse in Ephesians that 
do I believe Scripture when when um, it promises that God can do um, exceedingly and abundantly beyond what I could even ask or imagine? And I can imagine a lot, and yet there's a promise right there <laughs> yeah. that He can do far beyond anything in my imagination yeah, of, yeah. as far as transformational work um, in me, in somebody else, in a situation. So, um, faith. It, it requires faith, believing that God can do what He says He'll do. Yeah, and I think this is an exciting thing. that The thing that we love about biblical counseling so much is the amazing transformations that take place when we meet with a couple or individual and at times god does an amazing change you look at a person and you think they would they're you know sometimes uh, we can look at a couple and think this is going to be tough and god does a, a great thing um, and so you have to live with that expectation that god desires you to change as we've talked about god's going to give you the ability and the identity and all those things uh, we sometimes feel like the disciples with the, what is it, five loaves and two fish or two fish and five? I don't know what it is. Yeah. But you know the story about how Jesus said, feed them. And they're like, it's not going to happen. We're, we can't do this. And it was a test of faith for them to believe something that seemed like it was impossible. So maybe you're at a place in your life where um, you just look at some struggle you, you're in or your marriage and... If you don't walk by faith and anticipation and believing God, just like in Hebrews 11, all those people that walked by faith and anticipated what God was going to do, um, you know, that's that can be a real struggle to, to really seeing change take place. So, um, yeah, another thing I would say is people fail to change because they don't have the fellowship, the accountability, uh, and the, the, the discipline and encouragement from others. Uh you can't do this on your own. Um, certainly, uh, when we do counseling, we connect with the couple or the individual, and we encourage them, we hold them accountable, and that's a big part of change. But for you to really change, it has to be broader than just uh, the, the people that you're getting counseling from. You need to be involved in a fellowship, a connection with other believers, so that you are, have that infrastructure of accountability, of encouragement, of other ones that are going to stir you up constantly because you can't do this on yourself. I think sometimes people don't change because they've isolated themselves in their own their own little fishbowl rather than realizing that for them to really grow and change, they need that stimulation, encouragement, stirring up from other people constantly. It's like in Hebrews 10.24, there the author talks about don't forsake the assembling, but meet, stirring each other up, encouraging each other. And, and that's part of change. If you don't have that, you're going to really struggle to change because you're so isolated. And uh, I think that just makes it a lot harder. Um, so, um, Another reason people may not change is because they don't know how. Um, they, may, they may be in the Word um, or they may not be, but they just don't know what steps to take, what direction mm-hmm. to go. They're overwhelmed with their circumstances, maybe with the flaws they see in themselves or someone else, um, and they just they don't know what to do. And that's often why they seek out uh, biblical counsel, or they may go to Christian friends asking yeah. for help. Um, 
And that's why Jesus said in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he said, go and make disciples. And he put in there, he said, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Mm-hmm. As in, we all need to be taught how to be obedient to Christ. Yeah. Going through the Word, making those changes, putting off the old self, putting on the new self. Yeah. Um, we all need help when we get in situations where we're overwhelmed. We need someone to come alongside and help teach us those steps to take um, to bring about biblical change in our character, our life. Um, just like in Titus 2, women are to teach women how to uh, love their families. Yeah. Um, in Second Timothy, uh, Paul encouraged Timothy to entrust what he had taught Timothy to faithful men who would then be able to teach others. So it's this idea of helping each other, like Joe was talking about, not forsaking getting together, but seeking that out, mm-hmm. and then learning from each other. I can, from my own personal experiences of growth and learning through the Word, I can help somebody else who is in a similar situation. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's so good because um, we do need to be uh, encouraging and teaching others. A lot of people are, are that are Christians, they know the verses, but they don't know how to put them into practice. It's like we're, we, we, I think in the church, become hearers of the Word and not doers. Uh, we're listening to ACBC. It's a, a biblical counseling um, conference. And one of the speakers talked about the fact that it can't be just information. It has to be transformation. That is that when we do Bible study, when we study it for ourselves, wherever we are, it's not just about getting information, but it's understanding how to put it in practice, how to live it out, how to be transformed by the Word of God, and not just to get the information and the knowledge. Uh, otherwise, we're like the Pharisees, right? They had a lot of information, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't change their heart. Um, they didn't have that understanding and the ability to realize that uh, they can really change. And I don't know if it's that they, they didn't want to know how, but I think there's a lot of people out there that are are Christians that are thinking, I want to change, but I don't know exactly how to put it into practice. And that's where as you said, discipleship comes in, biblical counseling. Um, and, and we just encourage you to go back to your pastor or church and say, hey, I, I'm struggling with this, and I need to learn how to put this into practice. So, And I think that's why marriage counseling is so critical, because so few people anymore grow up with that model of a marriage that is glorifying yeah. to God and truly yeah. biblical in the way the husband and, and wife uh, treat each other and respond to each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, that that's it for this this week and we've now have covered the concept of change and if you have questions about that, we would love for you to email us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. We'd love to answer any questions that you have about change. Maybe there's an area that you have wanted to change in and you haven't been able to and you have questions about that. We'd love to hear from you. Um yeah, also we just encourage you as we usually do to to uh, share this podcast on Facebook, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, share it with your friends, uh, let them know about it, because all that we're trying to do is trying to get the information out there so that people can know how to encourage others that are struggling in their life. And it's not just Janet and I doing this counseling, which we've been doing for quite a while, 
But a part of our heart is to help others to learn these principles so that they can go out informally and start to help other people. So the more that we get this information out there, uh, the more that uh, people will be equipped to know how to help other people. So we encourage you to be back next week. Next week, as I said, we're going to be looking at man's ways versus God's ways. Uh, this is so key. We, now that we have the idea a little more of change and how change is possible, just like with Rehoboam, we need to make sure that we are listening to the right voices, the, the voice of the Spirit, the voice of the Word primarily, uh, so that we are doing things in the most efficient and the, and the way that's really going to make lasting change. So we encourage you to be here next week, and we look forward to that next time on Married by Design. Mm-hmm.